Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Spare Notes series. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokingTobacco.com. I am joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. William Cooper of Cigar Coop. And it is once again time for Spare Notes as well as or also known as uh, Coop's Beef of the Week. Um, yes. <clears throat> as I properly presented today on the Cigar Authority. Yes, you, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta, we're going to talk about it because Dave Man does his homework on Coop. I got to say that. He does. He, he knows did. what's he had, going on. He, pull, he pulled out a couple of things I didn't expect people to pull out. So he did a good job. What are you, uh, what are you smoking tonight? Well, okay. So this was inspired by, by your appearance on there. So we, you guys had the whole Lancero discussion with Dave, right? Which was great, right? Oh, God. You're going to smoke and, and you mentioned that. And you mentioned, yes, I'm smoking a Lancero time. And you mentioned that I had a number one cigar of the year uh, <coughs> with a Lancero, which is true. Uh, Dave pulls out the, the Joel Sherman, right? Right. Which, which was my number one cigar of the year, but it was not a Lancero. Okay. Okay. The one that was a Lancero was a Crux du Connoisseur, number two. And that's okay. what I'm going to be smoking tonight. But the fact that Dave knew I had a number one cigar with the Joel Sherman, that was like, wow. I'm like, I was really impressed with that. The, 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 the with all he's got going on, right? Even if anyone pulls that out, I'm like, you know, that was, it was very impressive to me. So I felt like, well, let me smoke it tonight in honor of that. Um, because this is a Lancero. I will tell people you must get in your hands. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm smoking a cigar that came uh, from 90 miles south of Florida tonight. Special night. Um, Partigas Siri E number two. Ooh. From Habanos, oh, okay. uh, you heard it. For, you heard it here, folks. Cuban tonight. Um, I'm gonna light this up. I haven't had. I mean, I have a decent amount of Cubans in the house. I just don't really smoke them a lot. I, I have um, a. I probably have less than you, but uh, yeah, I have a few in backlog for review. Actually, so I still do review some Cubans from time to time. I just was kind of in the mood, and I figured, why not? It's been a while yep. since I've had one. Draw's not too bad on this one. It's a little tight, but it's it's enough to smoke. So yep. we're gonna roll with it. Yep. Um, yeah, a lot's happened. You know, I went down to the Carolinas, um, yep. took that week off. That was great. I want to give a quick shout out to the folks at the Tinderbox in Myrtle Beach. Craig Cass's store. That's Craig Cass's store. And um want to thank them for the hospitality. You know, there's a group, there's a good group of guys down there. And um, man, I must have spent like five, five and a half hours down there one day. Um, so we went to the one out. in the mall, right? The one on Broadway. Broadway, yeah. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. No, it was a great time. Great store, nice selection, nice people. Um, you know, lots of great conversation. You know, like we always talk about, you go to a cigar lounge. You know, you run into some great people, no matter where it is, no matter what yeah. lounge it is. Uh, it's very rare that you go into a shop and it's like, uh, um, you know, the and one of my favorite movies is um, Almost Famous. And uh, Penny movie, yeah. and Penny Lane says in that movie, if you ever get lonely, just go to the record store and see your friends. And I use the same analogy. As a cigar store. As a cigar store. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's true. I, and it, it, it's so true. Yeah. I don't get to that store. And the only reason I don't get to that store is because Craig's got the three stores up in Charlotte. Uh, which, right. You know, so. So if I go to Myrtle Beach, there's some other stores. But but I, I do go there from time to time. And it's a great store. It's an extension of what Craig does up in in. Uh, in Charlotte, and um, or I think it's actually technically the extension. I think is Myrtle Beach to Charlotte because uh, I think that store was is one of the oldest ones he's got. So, uh, but yeah, Myrtle Beach. Flavor. You went to a good. You went a good time of the year to Myrtle Beach. Uh, it's not as crowded. 
And it's not as hot and humid and it's not as crowded. Yeah. I mean, let me tell you, we, we had uh, January weather this week in, in uh, the Carolinas. It was in the mid forties, the later part of this week. And that's January weather for us. Um, So it was cold this week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a forties, fifties up here right now. It's, it's, it's getting chilly, but it's, we're not bad. We're uh, luckily we, we, right. That's like, yeah. Yeah. So we're thankful for that. Uh Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so um, obviously you were on KMA this morning. Scoop yep. of scoop. Uh, uh, I was on. I was on the Cigar Authority today, so uh, we did a little bit of double duty. Yeah, I did the whole show this week, which was unusual. Did you? Well, I actually, yeah. I didn't get to catch KMA today because I had I was up and I was getting ready to yeah. get up to New Hampshire and all that. So I got to actually yeah. get to watch so, it. Yet. So I don't normally do the whole show. I did it the last week because Paul was out. This week, we had Vincent Pastor, who plays Big Pussy Pompasero on The Sopranos. Oh, nice. Right. So they rearranged the show to do my segment early, and they, they said I could stay on for the rest of the show, which was really nice of them to do. They didn't have to do that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool. That's really cool. I always loved The Sopranos. I was a big fan of that show. I still am. Um, I would say... If you watch The Saints of Newark and you were looking for a extension of The Sopranos or like a Sopranos feel yep. movie, yep. that is not what that's not what was supposed to happen. So people who were like, "Oh, it sucked. It wasn't anything like Sopranos. It wasn't supposed to be." Yeah, I was a fan of the movie, by the way, but it's you know Aaron Loomis told like nailed it. He said to me, "You're a fan of that movie because you're you can relate to that period. You have a fascination with the early '70s, late '60s," and he's he's 100 right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think so. Um, and I'll tell you what, Vincent was awesome on the show today. Um, and it's an interesting segment. He stayed on for an hour and you got to understand, like we're spoiled in the cigar industry. We get these guys on for hour and a half, two hours and more. Right. Most of these celebrities only will do about a half hour. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, so we, we thought we'd only have him a half hour. We ended up having the whole hour. He, he wanted to stay on and you could see how he got more. He didn't know who the hell we were when we started. Right. But he warmed up to us, and and in that second half hour, it gets really interesting when he starts giving us singing lessons on the air. And uh, really, yeah. And needless to say, he kicked me out of the class. Wow. <laughs> oh, man, he was awesome. He was like, yeah, I was pretty bad. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, wow. But he could he couldn't have been nicer. Uh, it was it was an honor. That like I said, the other thing is you don't want to be the guy like they already have three guys interviewing Vincent, right? So now you got the fourth guy, right? And, and that could be a little intimidating too, right? So I didn't, I wanted to ask, I was going to ask to be on, right? I didn't have to because of the way it just worked out. They asked me to come on and stay for the segment, which was very nice of them. So. No, I mean, that, that, that's really cool. I'm definitely going to check that out later. It's, I just, I, like I said, I, I didn't yeah. get to catch it live. and I got a, Which is a, why I caught you later because I couldn't get tuned into Dave because we were doing like some post-show stuff afterwards, but I did catch I did actually end up seeing your whole segment today, which is good. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I, did, I, I did made sure it. you got plenty of airtime. Oh, so. you were very kind. Yeah, <laughs> you were very kind. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, we we had a good time, um, you know, talking about kind of what we thought was hot, what we think is going to top the list, what was disappointing. Um, it was it was interesting for sure. I, I would say I would I like to highlight more of what I thought was good from this year. Um, I didn't have like a long list cause I didn't want to make, you know, it too complicated. Oh, in a second you mentioned one person and you leave someone off yeah, the way so this, I, in, the way this industry is, they get very sensitive, particularly about this topic. 
So I, 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 I wanted to keep it general. wanted to keep it light. Um, so I just, I just grabbed out a couple of names based on, you know, stuff that I personally liked and what I thought was doing well on the market. Uh, Rocky Patel 60, I think is up there. Rocky's all oh. for a number one. Uh, I think he did a great job yeah. with that cigar. Um, uh-huh. It seems to be doing really well from what I from what I hear from other retailers and what I see online and just uh, being well connected in the industry and what I see in here, I, it seems to be performing well and I liked it and a lot of people I know close yeah. to me liked it. So that was definitely a win for me. Um, Undercrown 10, I threw out too. I thought Undercrown 10 could be, a, could be a surprise winner too. I, I, I think they did, a, yeah. they did a great job with that cigar. I do. I, I really like that cigar too. It's a great um, cigar. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, what, what what would you add to that list so far? Um, yeah, I want to add, but I want to kind of comment on your Rocky sixty. Yeah. Um. So the Rocky sixty uh hasn't been reviewed by me yet, but but members of the team, the Coop team, has smoked it. Uh, Aaron Nielsen is super high on that cigar. It's one of the best cigars he's had this year. Um, I think Rocky's been on a roll, and there will be Rocky Patel cigars on the Coop list this year. That one came out too late, but. I'll tell you something. If you were today, the way things stand today, which is November 6th, 2021, mm-hmm. um, the 60 will not be on the cigar aficionado list as of today. Mm-hmm. Only because it hasn't been reviewed. However, your point about Rocky, I think he's going to be one of the favorites this year. And I still think that cigar is going to get reviewed, especially if we see this cigar reviewed in November. And then it qualify, it's going to qualify for the list. I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're spot on about this. And it's a very good cigar. And I'm telling people, get behind some of the Rocky releases right now. There have been some really good stuff that's come out in the last 18 months or so. Mm-hmm. So I have that one. Um, the coupe list is kind of funny because the coupe list is more, um, it, it tends, the deadline for releases is before the trade show. So, um, I will say that one cigar that is really good that came out this year, and you mentioned it, was the All Saints St. Francis. Yes, uh, that's another yeah, one. That yeah, That's a very good cigar. Right. I think I think it's got a shot at the Coupe list this year. Made uh, by Rocky Patel. Yeah, made by Rocky Patel. I think it's a very good cigar this year. You mentioned the Undercrown 10. I would definitely put that one in there as well. Um, you know, Rocky's got another. I know I'm talking about Rocky. Rocky's got this release called the White Label coming out, right? Yes. And it's a Connecticut. We started at the trade show. Yeah, it's just about getting released. I smoked it. And it's another, like I said, fantastic cigar um, that, that came out this year. And I, I think it's um, one to pay a lot of attention to right now. Uh, because, it's, in my opinion, it's, um, it, really, it really was a standout um, of, of the trade show this year. A um, couple of others that I'll mention. I'm just trying to make sure that these are like kind of 21 releases um i like that buffalo 10 connecticut by el artista yes that was a good one too really really good cigar um the espinosa releases this year were all really good the uh laranja azuleto uh the la bamba warhead seven and the six and one black uh as well as this cigar called the sarsaparilla they're all really really good cigars this year uh was quite impressed with those cigars. Um, hot cake. You're going to, this is going to be me sounding like I have my, 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 my big ring gauge hat on, but the hot cake came out with a 60 ring line extension called the grand Canyon, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. 
that hot cake is really good in the big ring gate. He's what I would tell people. I haven't had that one, but I've had the previous releases and yeah. I loved them. Yeah. Love. No, I do. I do too. And there's the, I would say there's, you know, no surprise as to why it's selling like hotcakes. I mean, it, it, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, certain sizes of hotcake didn't do it for me, but uh, the number four and this size did it really well. Yeah. I uh, think it was the number four that I had most recently. And that one just blew me away. It's yeah. Great, yeah. Great cigar. I, I agree. <clears throat> um, and not, not to, again, kind of go on the big ring gauge thing. I, I have enjoyed the Immenso by Perdomo in the Maduro. Uh, I've been going with the six by 70 with that one. Um, and I think it's a very, very good 70 ring gauge cigar that came out. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of releases still to hit the market before the end of the year. Um, like I said, anything with the coupe list, trade show stuff is not included this year. The deadline for releases right before the trade show. So you'll see a lot of late 2020 and early 2021 stuff on my list this year. <clears throat> Tell you one that kind of disappointed me was uh, the new size on the slugger, uh, the big poppy, the slugger. I, uh, I smoked one of those and, and the construction was just not right. It just didn't burn right for me. I love the original Toro release. It's one of my favorites. Um, yeah. But that slugger, the new one, I, was, I have it. I haven't smoked it yet. You know, and I and I hate I hate to throw like a negative shade on some, especially someone I I really like. But that that particular size just didn't do it for me. See, um, that was blended originally to be a big ring age scar. Keep in mind, right? So they came out the robust. This is the robusto size you're referring to. Uh, yes, yeah, the robusto, not yeah. the other one. Yeah, that's yeah, why, yeah. and that's why the, the other one's the the, the sixty <clears> that came out. Right. That one came out first, then the Robusto yeah. came out this year. Yeah, uh, I just I don't know. Maybe it was a bad, and, and and it's hard to knock something when you've only had it one try. Yeah, but just so far, based on that one try, uh, it just it let me down. It unraveled on me. It didn't burn right. I had to keep touching it up. I had to keep relighting it. You know, it's in a humidor with uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other cigars that do burn right. So, um, you know, its conditions were right. You know, it just fell apart on me. You know, I, I don't know, and uh, and it didn't burn right. It just it burned a little. It burned a little hot at times, and just fell very out of whack. So it, <clears throat> I have to give it another go. But so far, that one was a disappointment. Um, another one we talked about, which was interesting, was Ferio Tego. Now, this is one that everyone's been talking about all year. Uh, I have had the Generoso, and that's I like that's the Nicaraguan one. That's the darker wrapper one. The one made by Placencia. Yeah, it's a Placencia one. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, my thoughts smoking that cigar were it's not as strong as I anticipated. It's a little more mellow. Uh, lots of flavor. But um, it's smooth. I was getting like some leather. A little bit of spice. Nice flavors complemented each other well. Good cigar. Um, I end. <clears throat> see, I want to talk about the price thing again, and uh, I know it's been a little bit of a sensitive issue. Right. Great cigar. Great cigar. Job well done. I don't think it's worth twenty one dollars. Not because it's not worthy of it. I just, it's just for. 
it's it's a lot to ask for that cigar. I mean, it, it, and again, it's not that it wasn't very good. It was very good. But at $21, I mean, I'll be honest with you. My feeling is, like, even on the I, – I love Davidoff. I'm a big Davidoff smoker. Davidoff, you know, being a, a higher price point cigar. There's Davidoff cigars I love. They're great. I don't even think those are worth what they ask for. Them. You know, it's, it's more about the name. Right. But Davidoff's been around for a long time. Yeah. And, they have. and, I, and, I, and I get it. You know what I mean? I, I get it. But, like, do I think, you know, some of those cigars are worth $27? No. But they're really good, and I enjoy them. So I buy them because I can. But, you know, same thing with Placencia. Like, I love Placencia's stuff, like the, the Alma Fuerte, the Colorado. Great cigar. I had, That was one of the first ones I threw out there on the show today. Mm-hmm. But again, Placencia's, they're priced a little too high. Like, I think that cigar goes but, for like $23. But- yeah, what I'll Colorado, say is, though, but yeah. it's like a it's like a fifteen dollars cigar at best. Price doesn't affect getting on my list though. But no. I hear what you're saying. But I hear what you're saying. It doesn't Just affect the score. Note. It doesn't affect the score. I've seen some people put score like price into the score, and I think that's not right. No, I agree, I, and I'm not talking about the score. I, I just mean, you know, just in terms of like overall, my feelings on that particular cigar. Um. So I just, I, you know, while we're here, it's like I, I mentioned it. But yeah, no, I mean, a score should be just based on the cigar, the flavor, the construction, the whole thing. Price is kind of like a secondary, like, well, this is what it costs. If this is, you know, if you want to try it, right. you, know, yeah. you can get it here and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But like, um, I just think it's it's just worth mentioning. Yeah. I, I have been very sour on the limited edition market in 2021. Uh, I think it's been horrendous, right? Um, and... It's really sour. I, I, I really just get this cautious eye. Do I want to smoke another limited? It's that bad. Um, what I'll say is Ferio Tego. I have gone through an initial smoke with them. I, I don't know where it's scoring. It is one of it is one of the better limited editions to come out this year. Um, the problem is when I look at the Elegancia and I compare it to the Sterling and Joel Sherman, no. It's not a Sterling or a, the, the Sterling or Joel Sherman, which I think is the pinnacle of what what the um, Ferrotego brands have. Right. Uh, the Generoso, same thing. I I think that I would go, I'd still kind of go with a Timeless as one of those TAA cigars that was really good. They did. I don't quite put it up there with those yet either. Um, but that being said, and I think that's Mike's got a very good portfolio of Ferrotego. So he does. But it, that being said, like it's it's one of better limited editions because that. Unfortunately, it's been a terrible year for limited editions this year. It's been horrendous. Um, <clears throat> limited editions have been an interesting topic. Um, we've there, talked about it before. I yeah, mean, we have talked about Yeah, there's, there's been have. a lot of them. Yeah. And, you know, and that was one of the things like that got brought up today on the show was like, I say Ferry Otego, and then the guys are like, Oh, limited though. See, they I don't agree with Dave's definition of limited, okay? Because every cigar is limited, okay, in production in the end, right? Technically, so yeah. So I, I think, for example, like Aladino Corojo Reserva is a limited production. It's not a limited edition. So, but every cigar, Exaco will tell you every cigar has a limited production cap, right? Some are just higher than others. So I don't know how that's I, I can see one and done. If you want to eliminate one and done's, 
that's okay, right? But I, I think Ferry Ortego is limited production annually. So I think it's, it's something that will be available now and in the future. Um, so why isn't it, why wouldn't it be eligible in my opinion? Right. If, if, if it was a good cigar and you like it. Right. No, I agree. I mean, I, I guess it really doesn't matter like how it's available, whatever. I mean, yeah. if, yeah. if it's an official release yeah. that's available on any store shelf yeah. at some point in time yeah. that a consumer can come in and purchase and take home and smoke. Therefore it should be eligible because it still should be reviewed. It could still be yeah. rated. It can still be selected for a wow, This was a great release. It still came out. Um, you know, it look if you give a cigar like that, you know, cigar of the year, it's going to be even harder to get, right? But it doesn't mean it doesn't deserve the recognition. I would agree, right? And I think a lot of the publications who give out cigar of the year or whatever, even, even just in the ratings and the reviews, <clears throat> you know, they don't, they don't let that get them down because in the end i really don't think that it matters the cigar is still going to perform how it performs regardless of how widely available it is um so again that's another caveat i agree i don't think that that should really come into consideration yeah. for anything yeah. on its availability and unless it's like what's that one that uh gurkha makes like a million bucks oh the maharaji whatever it is yeah yeah like something like that like i'd be like all right like most people are not gonna fucking buy that <laughs> like yeah because they can't yeah so I, I i would not put that anywhere because it, it, it doesn't make sense because 95 percent to 99 percent of your readers are going to be like i'll never have that so what's the point um but you know i think that we've seen an increase in limited productions um there's some manufacturers who've done a lot of limited productions and they put a lot of focus on it not so much on their core line and that was something that we talked about kind of post-show. Uh, no names mentioned. But, you know, the kind of the conversation we had was, well, you know, the problem with that is you keep doing that and then you start to lose focus on your core line. Oh, it, it, it's, you know, even look, I think that happened to Pete Johnson a few years ago mm -hmm. uh, when he was doing all these store exclusives and stuff, right? Uh, which I don't think store exclusives belong on a Cigar of the Year list because – Ultimately, they're too limited in distribution. It's more localized, and it's hard to cover the whole gamut of all the store exclusive releases. There's, there's releases that you may not know about, right? Right. And ultimately, felt it favors the big retailers who push the marketing on. But that being said, um, yeah, I don't. I see a lot of companies. What's an easy way to make a buck? I can sell 300 cigars to this store, right? And look, in most cases, we've talked about this as well. They're not, it's not, they're not, they're not going to the drawing board and creating this cigar. It's something that's already in the factory or it's something that they have in production that they want to sell. So um, that, that's how that works. All right. So, no, I agree. Um, you know, we're kind of talking about too, um, the comment that was made on um, why manufacturers don't disclose information on the podcast. Oh, I got, I got a lot to say on that. Yeah. And we can kind of segue right into that with that yeah. kind of comment. So yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to let you take that one. Uh, even though I was present for when the comment was made, I'm going to let yep. you roll with it. Yeah. Um, so go, go ahead. Okay. So what I learned very early on, right. Um, when I went to, when I started, when I started when I joined Stogie Geeks, um, I wanted to have that show where we were going to break information on new releases and, uh, you know, to do that. Right. Well, there were two problems with that. One is the manufacturers that want to do it. Right. And the second thing is 
people really don't care, right? They, 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 they're not going to tune into a podcast and be kind of dangled like, oh, I'm going to find out about this. They, they'd rather go on their phone and, and do a, you know, look at it that way, right? So I learned really that that wasn't a good approach. Now, why won't the manufacturers do it is there are two reasons, okay? I'll give you the, the less controversial one first, and then I'll give you the controversial one. The less controversial one is sometimes the stuff is half-baked. Um, and they're in the, either in the, they're about to go into production. They're, they're maybe going into production. They're not comfortable with a release date. They're not comfortable maybe that the blends are going to turn out okay. Um, I know, like, for example, Dion from Illusioni. He doesn't like talking new cigars until he has them in his hands, right? That's right. how he is, right? So I, and, I, and he's explained that to me. And he, even he talked to me at the trade show this year about that, right? So people want to be real careful. They go onto a podcast. If they say something, maybe the trademark thing isn't resolved, right? Or maybe they still have to do that. A lot can go wrong with that. So I think certain manufacturers are, are, are a little gun-shy to do that, right? And I understand that. Now, then you get to the case, though, where you have the stuff pretty much everything's baked, right? And the reason why they don't want to do it is because of Pope Marvin. Do you know who Pope Marvin is? Marvin Schenken of Cigar Marvin Schenken of because cigar aficionado, they want, they are afraid of cigar aficionado. Either they've made a deal with cigar aficionado, and they've been basically, they basically have been, they're under cigar aficionado's control with that, mm-hmm. where cigar aficionado is going to control. It. And the other reason is that they want to get cigar in cigar aficionado's favor, so they, um, they, they don't, um, you know, they don't, they don't want to piss them off. And so what happens tenderly is. If you want to get like new release stuff on a show, they'll, they'll throw you a scrap like, hey, we got this 50 box release for store X, Y and Z in Missouri. That, that's what they'll do. And I guess it's not worth it. Right. But I'm telling you, the aficionado thing is real. And and I will tell you that that's the that's a reason for a lot of times to do it. Um, doesn't I don't fault anyone for asking. I just I don't make it the focus of my show. Anymore. But I can tell you that's aficionado. And I'm not afraid to say that on the air because uh yeah, it's the truth. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been cite, we've been told we can't have stories citing a blackout of information uh, or an exclusivity arrangement. We we've been told I've been told this. So that's like you know a lot of times you know there's certain people and you know and I you know I won't reveal names but you know we'll see stories go out on Scar Aficionado and you know we'll text each other like hey yeah. do you hear anything about that nope. And then as soon as we communicate and it's already been out on the aficionado, all of a sudden yeah. we get the email at the same time. Oh, I just got it. Oh yeah. Me too. Boom. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, Oh, so aficionado got it first. And yeah. it's like, you know, <clears throat> yeah. And going on, I don't fault Dave for asking that. Like, I think it's, it's no, his job. I, that's yeah. it's his job and anyone's job to ask that. But I can tell you that that's the reason why, those two reasons I just gave you are why no one wants to talk about this stuff on podcasts. So since we're on the topic of Pope Shankin, Okay. That um, was mean what I just said. Pope Marvin. <clears throat> Pope Marvin, or whatever you said. Um, you know, it's when we were talking about, you know, like what they would give number one this year. You know, there was there was a comment that was made by Barry Stein, which was very interesting. About, you know, could it go to could it go to Cuba? Um anyone who knows Marvin Schenken, if you follow cigars enough. Well, yeah. no, he has a huge affinity in his heart for Cuba. He does. Um, yep. he, he's yeah. done interviews with Fidel. I mean, yeah. he's 
is a big part of Cuban cigars yeah. that, that have a lot of love for him. And, and right. Cuban cigars have been on that list, topped out lists. They've dominated in the ratings. Um, but it's been a while since a Cuban cigar did get number one at Cigar Aficionado. Now, 2013. Yep. You remember what it was? Yep. Mine number it? two. Monty which number was two. which was a fantastic year for the Monte Cristo number two if you're smoking Cubans. No one would have disputed that if you smoked enough of those, no one would have argued that. With all due respect to Rafael Nadal got number two. That's that Nani number two that year out of Cuba was fantastic. Now, would you say that maybe Cuba's due? Or do you think that given what we know about Cuba, you think that they are definitely falling from grace on those high ranking lists? So so I think that Cuba's due, but I don't agree with Barry's logic with that, is what I'll say. Okay. Because his logic was about supply chain stuff. Mm-hmm. Was that what he was? I'm trying to. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen the Cuba supply chain issues in Europe? There's empty shelves in all the cigar yeah, they can't stores. Get them. They can't get them, right? So then, believe me, I understand what Barry's saying. Okay, this would be the year not to piss off the, uh, you know, it wouldn't piss the, U- the U.S. people as much. I think it would piss them off worse if they came to a Cuban where there's not even Cubans making it to the shelves. Uh, I think that will create enough. Uh, so I, I don't think that that's, I do agree that there is a, a Cuban is due. Um, so we, we shall see. I'll say this. Anytime Cigar for Chinatown has picked a Cuban, the bolt, which was the Bolivar, the Bahique and the Monte number two, they got, they, they were really good Cubans. I'm not saying they got it right, but they were really good Cubans that came out those years. Yeah, so. I mean, and the thing with Cubans is they can either be really good or they can be really bad. Yeah, yeah. There's no middle ground. Yeah. Either they're good or they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Habanos um, will normally get about three cigars in the top 25. It's kind of what we, when we do our bracketology. Um, some years it's been four, some years it's been two. So, but it usually is that average is about three they'll get on it. So it, it, it comes down to which one it's going to be. And that's a little hard to do because we don't smoke Cubans on a regular basis. So it's always hard to predict which Cuban it would be. I feel like when it comes to the top 25, there's, there's a few usual suspects. They, you know, maybe they're number one, maybe they're yeah. not. Um, but there's usual suspects. There's always we, a handful of Cubans, right? There is. And it, it, we do a bracketology show every year. And we know that there's certain spots that unlocks for certain companies. And it reduces the amount of spots available. Once you factor the Cubans in, and it's usually about 12 or 13 companies that have a slot that they that they're like locks. There's only about four or five slots that most of the, the general cigar company population is competing for, which is kind of interesting. And there's so, always an Opus X on that list. There's always a Fuente on that list. There's yeah. always Fuente. It's either like an Opus Fuente? X and like a yeah. Don Carlos or it's, yeah. it's something like that. But there's, there seems to always be like an Opus and then another yeah. Fuente yeah. of some variety. So there's yeah, two spots right there. Right. Fuente sometimes gets two, right, because they separate Opus X out. Right. Uh, same with Altidus kind of gets that, too. They yep. Altidus yeah. is another one. Yep. Uh, you know, but you can. So really, at- once you once you take those, my point being, once you take those few companies that are right. always guaranteed spots. You know, you know, who has a guaranteed you boil spot? it down. Yeah. yeah. You got how many spots are left for everyone else to just try to win into. Yeah. You know, who has been able to hold their spot every year. Is the floor, and a lot yes. of times they come in lower, but they've been able to hold the slot. They both be able to have a slot every year. They don't miss it. No. So, which is interesting because, um, as much as John might not like me saying this, because it kind of sucks to say, and I don't ever like saying it, 
it's no secret LaFlo's had a difficult time supplying their yeah. cigars to retailers. You know, a lot of retailers I talk to, you know, I walk into a cigar shop, you know, whether it's people I know or I don't, you know, whether I'm traveling, whatever. And they go, oh, hey, yeah, oh, yeah, the show. And John Carney, like, hey, well, when am I going to get more LaFlo's? Like, they asked me, like, I'm supposed to know. I'm like, I don't talk to him about that shit. That's his business. Yeah, right. that's, yeah. But it's also, I know about it, and it's true. We all do. It's like one question that people always bring up every time LaFleur comes up. Well, when am I going to get more cigars? Yeah. Um, it's been and, like that for three or four years right now. It's been and, that, and that's and that's an issue that uh, John and the Gomez's have to work on internally. Yeah. And, and they have a lot of reasons for that, too. And, you know, it's not easy. I mean, they want their cigars out there. So it's not like they're not doing a good job. They're doing the best they can. It's difficult, you know, especially with last year. I mean, last year, you know, really crippled a lot of people just with production. But yeah. Um, so to see them having the issues with the supply that they have, you know, doing the best that they can, but still being able to maintain slots like that, it's that's a win in my book. That's a big win. Yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot said that they're doing all these small batch releases right now for going, but they're very small batch releases, is what I'll tell people. Um, mm. They're not like major productions they're doing. I mean, a lot of the stuff that they're doing is the stuff that John's doing at events. Which right. is very, very, very exclusive stuff. Which, it's not which, like a limited release. It's like, it, it's it like is. if you're at the party, you get one. If not, like, that's it. And they need that. That's, that's, they're basing a lot of their business model on these events right now. So it's important to have those. I don't, I don't fault them for putting those out. Uh, I think ultimately people just want to see some more of the, uh, you know, get their diggers in and stuff like that. And I think they'd be a lot happier. Diggers, deal 700 Maduros. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, the core stuff, and that's that's a big yeah, the, the yeah, core stuff. Yeah, exactly. My only fear for Lafleur would be like losing your regular Lafleur smoker. Like, let's say you know someone smokes you know L three hundreds or whatever else, you know, whatever they're smoking, and their local cigar shops, you know, can't get them. You know, for whatever reason, because you know they you know they have issues with getting their supply out, and then yep. that that regular smoker moves to something else, and then goes, "Oh, I like this better actually," and then they come back in. That's exactly. And it's like, oh well, I already moved on to this, and it's yeah, and that yeah. sucks for the floor, and that hurts. They lose a customer, and and, and I never want to see that. So yeah, it, it's very important because um, you know you you just nailed that, Matt. Um, that's it's it's hard to get a a core line to that level, right? People work many years for that, and it could be lost very quickly if suddenly you can't get it. I, I mean, look, I remember for a while it was getting tough to get uh, AJ, uh, some of the AJ Fernandez New Worlds. And I remember my son was, you know, you know, he was, people come in, they, okay, what else can you give me? Smoke. So they could get hooked on that, and suddenly you lose that, you lose that core smoker in there. Um, what is it that Nick Perdomo says? It's 10 years to make a customer. It's like 10 seconds to lose them. 100%. Right. And look, look at why Nick's so successful. He's given attention to the core lines and he focuses, they focus on those core lines, the ones that the people are, are smoking. And I know Arthur pays very close attention to that. And th this is why he's so successful. And right. you know what? It's, it's a, that his product is the products people want are, are he's making sure they're available. That's, that's, I, I think he's does an amazing job with that, but that expression couldn't be more true. There's an interesting comment here from our friend Mark, who says LFD has had problems shortly after they got aficionado number one. With they the did, yeah. Bolt. It never was, it, right. Yeah. I, I think that's, I mean, and that's the thing. And that's been talked about before. You know, getting number one is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. The yeah. blessing, you get number one. It's a great feeling. 
but also your stock goes up yeah. and everyone has to have it. And then you can't keep up with production and, yeah. and, and the demand it's, you know, now it's like, well, everyone wants it. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very and then true. it becomes something that you can't even get. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And there's a lot of great cigars out there that are hard to, hard to get that are very desirable right. for that reason. I right. mean, it's, it, it's something that, you know, everybody just, just everybody wants it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and when you have something like that, I mean, whether it, you know, whether it be, you know, cigars, or you look, even look at what the bourbon industry is going through right now with their boom. Mm-hmm. I mean, 10 years ago, you could walk to any liquor store and you could get Pappy 15 mm-hmm. at retail in the lock case. You could, if you really wanted it, you could spend the hundred dollars, get it, go home. Now you can't even find it to pay thousand dollars at an insane markup because it, it's just not even there um it's the same thing you know some someone says oh this is great everyone's got to have it and then it's something that you know it's made on a smaller scale and now like everyone that is a customer of anything is just trying to buy it um and it's insane. And then you look at the, and then you look at like secondary markets and, and people buy them all up when they find them and they hoard them. And then they try and flip them for like four times the price. Yep. Uh, you know, you see it online a lot too, you know, people, you know, selling, you know, opuses and, you know, limited stuff from like Roma craft. And, and sometimes I see Andalusian bull and, and I get it, but it's like, you know, and fortunately that's what happens to, to the highly desired things. It turns into a secondary flip game. Yeah, it does. Which is, uh, which is tough, you know, for people who, who really enjoy it, you know, it's true. It's, um, true. you know, <clears throat> as we, uh, we talk about getting to the end of the year, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, we can speculate all we want to, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, just how it all does shake down for 2021. 2020 was kind of an, a weird year because everything that happened, but yeah. 2021, I'm really excited to see how everyone else shakes out too. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, you the print guys, you know, the content, you know, cigar has got the contenders, but I'm really interested to see how everyone yeah. really shakes yeah. down uh, and, and to see, you know, who, who, who yeah. people did think was the best. Yeah. Um, just another thing I heard too on that today, they were talking about contenders. They haven't been included on the consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason they haven't been included. And I noticed because bear who does his own list is not included either. Uh, is because they don't include anything, anyone or anything with retail connection. Mm-hmm. So it's not because they don't have a um, a one to eight or whatever. Because Charlie will actually, there's some people who do do that like them, and Charlie has a way of massaging the data to make that work. It's he excludes them because it's a is a retail connection. Mm-hmm. Same like Bear worked at a retailer, and and he's pretty strict on that. He's pretty. I've talked to Charlie on that. We've had a show. He's very clear on that. He doesn't. If there's a gray area, he, he doesn't go there. So that that's why it's not. But, uh, you know, they, they have a big influence with that contenders pack. Um, I, I'm a little, I get confused with a little how they do it sometimes. I, I, I keep meaning that state because I keep hearing it's it's consumer driven. But then I hear they they decide it somehow. But it still seems like it's a sales thing in the end that that comes down to, I guess, because they keep talking about how you buy what you want, which is an interesting way to do it. Um, so I'm not sure how it works. If there's, I guess it's a combination of things. It sounds like, right? Yeah, I mean, I, from from what I understand, how it works. It's. A, I mean, it's a it's a cool system. I mean, I'm not. It's actually I'm, I'm 
I'm always fascinated what, what they're going to nominate and what wins. I, I've guessed it the last couple of years correctly. I did think the Perdomo was going to win it last year with them. I thought that was a great cigar. The, it was but, deserving. It was deserving. It's going to be on the coupe list this year. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, it was a deserving cigar. Uh, I agree. Uh, they got it right with Aladino a few years ago. Uh, they got it right with that Aganorsa Leaf Connecticut, which was really good, too. That of what they nominated. Cigar. Yeah, I think they've done. They've had a couple. They had a, they had a little. I remember there was a little jinx they had for a while. Um, and I, I'll say it here. <laughs> so they picked um, Hammer and Sickle Icon one year mm-hmm. and it got renamed to Trademark. And then they picked, uh, which was a really good cigar. I'm surprised they didn't make it the BG Meyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was from Davidoff. That one went away. And then they picked uh, the Scott Weeks's cigar, the Recluse Habano, which was a great cigar. Mm. But Recluse has kind of just disappeared as well. It's right. really hard sometimes. But they've, they've picked good cigars. They have really picked good cigars, I think. Um, so you, I can't argue what they're picking is, is really good stuff. Um, right. They, they seem to get it. They seem to get a lot of these, you know, right. But they had a little bit of a, a bad luck thing, too, with that. Unfortunately, I had it, too. Like Dave mentioned the Joel Sherman one. Yeah, it went away. It totally. Nat Sherman went away. So, yeah, I've had my share of those as well. So La, El Diario by La Polina is gone now, too. That was another number one. I had, so so it's happened to me definitely as well. Another one that I forgot to mention on Cigar Authority uh, and I brought up after the show with the guys and I got some mixed. I think. Barry, Barry kind of saw it and nodded with me. Mm-hmm. Dave didn't really think so. Uh-huh. Um, and that was the American from JC Newman, um, which you I'm, gave cigar you, year. You gave cigar the year last year. It was polarizing with a lot of people. I ain't going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not the only ones. There are a lot of people who, who did not like that cigar. And a lot of people who love that cigar. I thought it was great. And I could see that being picked for a cigar of the year. It, and listen, just because this is here, that doesn't mean shit. No. The reality um, is, I, I thought it was a great cigar, good production, good story, good purpose. The whole, the whole, the whole package yeah. was great. But Matt, here's why Vitola is really important with a cigar of the year. In the Toro, that was the size I gave cigar of the year. I could have mm-hmm. gave it to the Churchill size. The Robusto size, no way. Okay? The Robusto size, I didn't like. I'm going to be completely honest on that. Okay. Um, that's why I think Vitola is so important. On, on these lists, because here's the thing. If I said the American was the cigar of the year and someone goes and picks up that Robusto and they come back to me and they say, Coop, what the? F-? And I have to say, oh, you got to get this size, right? That's why I tell people who are doing lists, be Vitola's. I, 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 the dojo guys and I have disagreed on it. Be Vitola specific. You, you need to be. It's for your own credibility on that because you don't want someone pick you don't want to say oh there's, there's really one size that isn't good there or, or there's only one good size that, you know i mean that's why I'm, I'm i'm emphatic on that right yeah <clears throat> but i mean some people's lists are not necessarily specific to what just came out this year mine isn't so, really yeah so it's yeah so there are technically there are lists out there where some of those sizes you know would still be eligible and could still win yeah uh, regardless of you know you know, whatever. In, in the Churchill could still win this year. The Toro could still win this year. I had the Toros, and that's what I had, and I thought they were great. They're fantastic. That's the right. I yeah. love them. I think you were spot on with that. Um, it's so unique that the flavor you get off that is so unique. But yeah, the Robusto is going to smoke very different, and I'll tell you that straight out. If you haven't smoked it, 
Now, I'll tell you two that I, <clears throat> as much as we're talking love for certain brands, there's two that I have. Uh, I only mentioned one today on the show um, just because I, I forgot the other one. Uh, and I didn't forget it. I just I just didn't really get a chance to bring it up. But I had two. Uh, the first one I mentioned was kind of like a good and bad, um, but we're going to stick with just the bad for this sake. <laughs> El Septimo. Uh, listen, I, I have I have some of them. I smoked a couple of them. I thought it was a – put everything else aside. Just smoke the cigar. It was a good cigar. It was, it was nice. <clears throat> I don't think that they're going to get a cigar of the year out of that. No. Um, no. I don't I see that happening. Yeah. I agreed with – I don't know if it was Dave or Barry or you who said it. I agree Barry on the said pack- I agree on the packaging thing with him. Yep. Barry said, well, I knew exactly where you were going with that. And it's yeah, true. Yeah, you look right. at them, you look yeah. at them, you line them all up. Yeah. They have different colors. Yeah. But like, they all look the fucking same. You yeah. Know I mean? It's hard. They, like, well, which one did you have? Ah, uh, yeah. I had the orange one. Someone yeah. who doesn't know the inventory that well would be like, uh, okay. Um, hmm. there's, they, I believe there's two different orange ones. Yeah. So it's like, that doesn't tell me anything. Yeah. They need to look like this. They look like this. Yeah. They got to work on that. They yeah, got to make it brand more identifiable. And that's my beef. No, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, they need they need to work on that, and they need a brand ambassador to educate people on the blends. That's like one beef I have with Tatuaje. I love Tatuaje, but like some of his stuff, like the black label and the brown label, like it it's just so fucking simple. Like you don't know what it is half the time. That was my issue getting into Tatuaje in the beginning. Was like I didn't know what the fuck was what. You know, like you got the story in the box. It's on the box. Yeah. yeah. You grabbing singles. You, you go home. Right, and then you're like, "Oh, tatuaje, just brown band says tatuaje." I don't know what this is. And you smoke it, like, "Wow, it's great!" And I go back, I go, and I it's, look for that box. It's gone. I go, "Hey, you guys saw that tatuaje, brown label, like kind of long? Which one? It was like a Churchill with a brown label. You know, which one? I, well, I don't know. It was good. I think Pete's addressing a few of these things in the portfolio now, like how he's doing reservas and things like that, which were very confusing." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to tell which was coming out of Nicaragua, which was coming out of uh, Miami. Um, you know, I like remember when he when he re-released the black label, he kind of upgraded the bands a bit, made them a little more embellished. A little and bit, I, yeah. And I think if he did that with each of those, I think it would be a real nice touch um, I for those lines. Yeah. Sorry. The, uh, I'm grabbing yeah. props. Because you're right. These are these are incredible cigars. Um, so. That's yep. Perfect example. That's yeah. why Brown Label Reserva. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great, but there's some of them that don't even have this. The Reserva band. Yep. They They're just Tatuaje. And you're yep. like, wow. And you're like, wow, well, you'll have it. And you're like, oh, it's a great cigar. And you go to buy it again. And then you go in there and you, and you just you just see that. Yeah. And you're like, is that the same one? Yeah. It looks the same. doesn't have the other band. It gets confusing. Now, some people like us, you know, we can f- figure it out, whatever, ask questions. But some people might not be as successful. You know, I try to think a little bit more like, I don't want to say dumb it down. But like, you, you just try to think like someone who just walks in, who doesn't know as much about, you know, brands or whatever, who, who are just trying to buy a cigar that they really enjoy. And they get a little confused. And maybe they don't know what's what. And I, and I feel for those people because it does get confusing. It gets yeah. confusing for people like us who are in shops all the time. Yeah. Oh, look, I'll say this. Fuente has, has a similar problem with some of their core stuff. 
Yeah, with their core it, stuff. It, it is confusing with the ribbons. It's it's. It, I'm not gonna lie. That's the one thing I I wish they would make that a little easier. You know, it's interesting when they came out last year with the Naked Kings, right? This is a good example of Puente. Yeah. They came out with the Naked Kings last year, right? And now, those of us who smoke Puente a lot, like myself, like we we knew right. what, what the Naked King was. There was people out there that literally thought that was a brand new cigar. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't. All it was was the Chateau King without the tube. Yeah, that's all. That's all it was. Naked King. Naked people, King, bought, yeah. people were like, "Oh, it's a new cigar." Naked King. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It. They. You know. They're and they're even when they give out press information and if you ping Liana and stuff, you, you'll we can get it right. Right. But it's also very high level. You know, they don't want to get into the weeds with a lot of stuff sometimes. So even if you're like a new media guy, you might not know to ask that question. Exactly. Yeah. Unless they told you that that was the case. Even on the Casa Fuente stuff, right now. Me and you have been going to Vegas for years and going to yeah. actually going to Casa Fuente and getting yep. Casa Fuente at the store. This release that they just did, right? A lot of people who've never been able to go to Las Vegas and Don't go know. to Casa Fuente yep. are seeing Casa Fuente for the first time because they, they've never experienced that before. Because yep. up until that release, it was only available at Casa Fuente. So if yep. you never go to Vegas, you've never been there, you never had Casa Fuente unless someone got it for you or whatever. <laughs> What's interesting? Yeah, I, th- I think it, I only have one on me. I have. I, it's funny. I just, I, I just, pick, right I just picked up some. I actually was able to pick some up with this round. So, uh, and there's two blends. People forget there is actually two blends. So this there. is one of them. Yep. The darker wrapper with the gold yep. ribbon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know, there's also another cigar which I believe is Cameroon with the orange wrapper. Right. I mean, the with or- the orange Cam- ribbon. And the other one's a bon- a dark habano, I believe. Or about yeah, right. Yeah. But they're different now. Yeah. They all just say Casa Fuente, and then they have different colored ribbons. If you're not someone who's familiar yep. with Casa Fuente, like yep. we are, yep. you're just going to go, yeah, Casa Fuente. And then you're going to be like, oh, no, it's the other one. Which yeah. other one? There's also the 805 series. Yep. Yep. You know that's what I mean? True. So yep. that that's the confusing banding and packaging and all that where it, it seems a little generic. Yeah, it is. It definitely, definitely is, is yeah. an issue. It definitely is, yeah. I even say what Padron has the same issue with, uh, especially with some of the sixty fours, with the natural and the Maduro. It's hard to tell. I mean, unless yes. they're unless you look at the box and it has that sticker that says Maduro on it. And sometimes, like when you, especially we talk about Padron, right? Yeah, great cigars, but sometimes that color shade on that wrapper, it, and yeah. in certain lights and certain times, if it's not side by side, you look at it and you go. Uh, yeah. you almost like I can't tell. Yeah, and, and guess what? In my in the humidor, it's a pain in the neck. They're not celloed, right? So I have to put I have to put post-its, you know, where it's not obviously touch on the humidor, not touching the cigar, obviously. But and that's a little bit of, that I've had to do that too. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a little, you know, it's interesting yeah, that they they have that issue. I'm just getting caught up in the comments here. Um, someone reported there's a sound. Sound needs to be turned up a bit for us old guys. I mean, I can, I can certainly turn up my game a little bit. But my games, my games max. 
I don't want to. I don't want to. Maybe I turn a little loud. Almost man. I don't want to be too loud. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Turn up a leg. Turn it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, the sound police is out tonight. That wasn't even on our list. The whole like confusion with like packaging. No, I know. Uh, But but it's it's a it's a very interesting topic that you don't hear people talk about a lot. And and again, it's nothing bad against those manufacturers. No, it's not at all. Cigars are great. If anything, it's because those cigars are good. And for the average guy, they're like, "Wow, that was great!" And then they come so, back so, and they go, "Wait, which one is it?" Yeah. So Mark, Mark <laughs> saying that the Naked King had a different wrapper. That I'm not sure. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know the answer to that, Mark. So you maybe I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah, uh, I don't see. That's where I don't I'm know get, if I agree with where, that either. That's why I'm getting confused. Or in, I get confused right away on that. See, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I yeah. was under the impression that they did. They kind of tried to spin their shortage with tubes. By making this whole Naked King release and trying to spin it a little bit, I think, if I remember correctly, I don't know if it was a confusion, but I thought I heard someone say that they tried to spin it like a new release without actually saying it, but then people kind of caught yeah. on. Right. I don't remember, so I don't want to be quoted as saying that. Yeah, I thought there was something about that, but all I know is what it boiled down to is it, it was just, you know, it wasn't boxed and tubed. Yeah. They were released in, I think it was a 15 or a 10 count, you know, zipper bag, four day zipper bag. I think is how they got, they got shipped. Um, and again, cause there was a lot of casualties with, with packaging manufacturing last year with the, the pandemic. So it's our launch thing. The Andalusian bulls were coming out in bundles. I know I had a couple of them. Yeah. Um, I went into, I went into, I went into two guys smoke shop with Carney uh, while he was visiting me and I see, yeah, let's swing by the shop. And we went in and they had some bowls and I grabbed a couple bundles and I was like, Oh, and I kind of gave him a hard time. And he was just like, bro, our box factory's closed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just weird. And I was like, no, I don't give a shit. I mean, I'm still going to smoke it. It's still a scar cigar, but I just remember it being funny. Like oh, I'm buying bowls. By the I'm bundle. okay with that. As long as I don't see cartoon bulls on there. <clears throat> I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm it okay was, with the uh, standard logo, but if I start seeing the cartoon bulls, uh, the comic book bull, I'll get upset. Uh, Cy Sweeney's with us. Um, Sizes. Padron and our series smokes are very familiar, similar in look. I mean, yeah, they do. They can be a little, a little similar looking. And yeah. <clears throat> there's a lot of brands out there, a lot of different cigars that you know. If, if you don't really know them yeah. really well, quickly just trying to grab something you might mistake it for something else um so yeah it gets tricky you know because you, you want to make sure you grab them the, the specific cigar that you want to smoke yep um not to say that maybe you grab something that you you grab the wrong thing and that's not good too you know that happens yeah. too you find oh well this is actually not that but it's still like it um yeah. so that happens but uh, yeah we didn't have this one on our list but i'm, I'm glad we kind of meandered yeah, into it yeah no it's a good one yeah like i said i learned some stuff yeah, um, like I said, Mark saying he, the king had a risotto wrapper, the original, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's good. I'm gonna actually do some research on that myself. Yeah, Mark, we're gonna look into that because I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I didn't think so, but I'm gonna look into that and find out. Yeah. Yep. Um. Anyway, moving on from that. Um, looking at the list, disappointments for 2021. Well, actually, we started to go there. We got yeah. The oh, I, yeah, there's some disappointments. <clears throat> Did you guys, I, I don't think you guys got it. I was hoping you guys were going to get into like the year or the whole was disappointing. Like there were some good yeah. releases. And there's certainly some that are going to be on the top end of the year list, right? 
But as a whole, this was a if I don't want to hear that never a better year for cigars this year. You I mean, know what I, I didn't like? Casa 1910, the Mexican Puro, the orange band. Didn't like it. I smoked it. I didn't think it was bad. Um, See, I may be trying I... to, but it's a show sample, so I don't put much into show samples either. So... I know re- I know some retailers who told me that they went into it like really wanting to like it. You know, they heard the story, they see the presentation, they see the fucking packaging. They're like, "Wow, this looks awesome! This looks like it'd be a great thing." And they tried it, and they're like, oh, it's just, "I can't do it. Yeah, I can't were... bring that in if I if I feel so if I don't feel good about you know, how it tastes." And yeah. that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So but you know, they, there were people liked out. it. Yeah, there were people at the show liked it. Right. No, I, I know, but for me, my my personal list of disappointments, it's on there. Yeah. But again, it's subjective. Yeah. Which is fine. That's why we're here. But yeah. for me, that's a disappointment for the year. So here, here's an interesting thing about Casa 1910 at the show. They're mm-hmm. a company from Mexico, right? Yep. They haven't officially even launched yet, right? Mm-hmm. There's another Mexican company that was at the show, Casa Turrent, right? And I think everyone knows who the Turrents are, right? Mm-hmm. And look, I'll say this. Casa Turrent has excellent cigars. Like, they really make some good Mexican cigars. Nobody was talking about Casa Turrent at the show. They were all talking about Casa. Got a lot of San Andreas tobacco. Well, yeah, but the thing is that Casa Turrent just doesn't make any effort to talk to anybody. It seems Mm. like Mm -hmm. Um, they don't have a strong field team. They don't talk to the media and they get no attention and they have really good cigars. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they desperately need to up the game, I think, because the, the product's there. Trade show or not. Who, who else let you down? Um, General had a really disappointing year for me this year. Um, they had, I mean, I thought the, um, I was not a fan of the Cohiba Serie M. It was a $30 cigar. It had, Didn't constru- like it. It had construction problems for mm-hmm. $30 cigar. I can't, I can't like, how, what can I say? It's supposed to be a, 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 some people liked it, but I had atrocious construction problems with it. Can I be honest with you while we're uh-huh. on this topic? Right. You know, and I don't want to knock general just like to knock them, whatever. But like every Cohiba that I've had has been a letdown for me. The red dot, the blue. And I've given and I've given them multiple chances. Well, no, actually, I've had Cohiba on my list a few times as a brand. Like so on my end of your list, um, I agree the blue was a miss. Um, That's not a Cohiba in my book. They put something and put a Cohiba band on it. Right. But so General's done very well on the coop list over the years. One brand that's done incredibly well on the coop list has been Gloria Cubana. And if I had to give you the lowest score that I gave this year, it was for a limited release called Spirit of the Lady. It was atrocious. Right. And I was so disappointed because uh, the Spanish press, which was released last year by Gloria Cubana, made my list. Gloria has made the list many times. They're the one brand in general. I think that's always been doing good stuff. And they kind of get a, a, a miss like that from general uh, on that brand surprised me. Um, but there were others. The, the CAO vision didn't do well with us. The Particus Decadus didn't do well with us. Um, it was it was a disappointing year for them um, in a year that they probably could have really shined, I think. Uh, I know that they have good tobacco. I know they make good cigars. General's better than what we saw this year. Um, for whatever reason, something just didn't work right this year with them. Um, and they need to fix it. Um, 
I'm trying to remember what this one was. Oh, I know what it was. Yes. Um, another one that I had on my list that I did like, I wanted to mention. Romeo e Juliet Eternal. I have it. I got. I I've smoked it. I just I ha- I smoked one with Raphael when I was in Florida, and he gave me another one. So um, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I want to try to pick up a couple more for review, but I did like it. Mm-hmm. I'd say, but Altus is doing good stuff. I think Altus is, is doing it. Here's, here's my only problem with them, right? You smoke like the regular Monte Cristo stuff, right? Mm-hmm. White label, platinum, oh, the classic, the brown. I'll smoke them. Someone gives me one or whatever. I'm at an event. It's Altus, you know, whatever. Like, it's not something I'd go out of my way. You know, it, it's they're not bad, but you know they don't get me excited, right? But as soon as you go with any of their other stuff, Epic, AJ Fernandez, Thirty Five, the New York Edition, the New York Edition, almost one cigar of the year in two thousand. Oh my god, they're so good! It it was number two for me in two thousand twelve. It was an incredible cigar, but they're not. The problem is they're not making those cigars. <laughs> you know, they're made by other people. Oh, uh, no, they do make the New York. They do make the New York. They but do the other make that are, one? They do make the New York, yeah. But, but they, but, but the like, epic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I also kind of look at that. They have the, like, I just, the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary is a very good cigar. AJ's making that one. Um, I, you know, I think. I think obviously they want to get into Nicaragua, so they they're, they don't have they don't have a presence there right now. Right. Um. At some point, maybe they will, but I think they uh, they have a strong partnership with AJ and Placencia out there. Um. But I've always still kind of said I think the stuff they do in house has still been overall uh pretty good too. But mm-hmm. it's just some of that. Um. Look, I'll say this: Monte Cristo White Label is great cigar. I mean, I, I know what you're saying; it's not exciting. It's not. You're it's not, not doing... bad. It's just not like I, when you compare it to those other releases, I, it, it it doesn't wow me. Right. Those are like, but, wow. Yeah. I mean, but they've done some, I think they've done some creative things like, you know, the uh, the 175 by H. Upman. I think you got to say, you know, they did some really creative stuff with. That one was pretty good. Yeah, uh, they did. So, um, but, you know, I for whatever reason there, I don't know. I think Raphael, when he got there, I'm not necessarily thinking he created better blends, but there's someone in there overseeing this stuff. And I think that's making a big difference. With general, I'm not sure they have that one person. Mm-hmm. I think they have these committees there. It looks, it seems, it's not clear who's, who's making all the decisions on final blends there. I'm sure there's someone. I just don't know who it is. Right. Yeah, for me, when, when you talk about the big guys, you know, aside from... You know, um, you know, we talk about, you know, like general all to this, whatever. Well, I'm sorry. I keep, I keep getting caught on the, now I think my camera's messed up. Uh, I keep getting caught on something down here and I don't know what it is. It keeps moving the camera around. Um, put Drew Estate aside. They're kind of in their own category. Put Davidoff aside. They're in their own category. I found that, you know, like Altidus in general are very similar out of the big, the, the two most similar out of the big four. When I put general, the stuff that general has been working on and what Altidus has been working on, 
I think that just in a general sense to me, and this is to me, you can disagree. I don't care. Right. I feel like Altidus has done a much better job as a whole than general has done just on the stuff that's come out when I've tried and just being like, like this year has not been, and then I've been disappointed with them this year, general. Um, I'll say that just like they didn't really do anything this year that, that got me excited. I was like, I, I mean, I, I tried, I gave yeah. it a shot, but yeah, it's just, I, mean, I don't know. This is not for me. See what general's focusing. Look, they're doing, Sunday gravy cigars with diesel. They're doing oil can cigars with CAO. Bento boxes with punch, right? Yeah. They're doing, we're getting, they're, they're pushing into some of this uh, creative packaging, right? And kind of gimmicky on the gimmicky side. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, all to this, they're doing creative packaging on the classic side. Right. Um, like I looked what they did with St. Louis Ray this year, the Monte Cristo 1935s. They've done it, but they're not general. Altus ain't going down this. They're not creating, um, you know, a, a beef stew cigar or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, but, but general's kind of seeming like they're going down this route. Um, and I, I understand why they're trying to do it. They're trying to see if they could tap into this market, but I think they'd be much better off kind of really home. Like I think when they do their classic releases, I think they've done much better. Uh, you know, Hoya de Monterey Black that came out this year, I thought was pretty good, actually. Um, so, you know, they have had some some stuff, I think, that, that does work. I, I actually smoked that new Partagas, uh, the Connecticut one. I thought that was really good as well. Yeah. So um, they were, you know, but they're going down this other route. I, I was very disappointed with the Weller cigar. Um, you know, I just was. So I didn't like it either. Uh, it was disappointing. It just didn't do anything for me. Yeah. So I feel the but, same, same yeah. exact way. It so, was like, so all, mm. yeah. So all to this isn't really doing that. Um, Drew State's a different animal. And, and Davidoff, again, I think when they do some of the creative packaging, it's very classic. So I don't think they're creating like, uh, you know, uh, a cigar in a box of Pop Tarts or something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. By the way, I have that idea to Pop Tart box cigar. No one better steal that. <laughs> yeah. Or did, did you like I'm, did you like my airport selfie with the cinnabon you see what i did there i did that yeah for you. yes you did <laughs> i did yes, that you did. You. yes you did and you, <laughs> i i was like yeah there's a cigar that came out with that yeah i hope you know that that they <laughs> oh i know we talked about it <laughs> oh dude i saw that what i said i saw a mcdonald's one this week i'm like come on like you saw a cigar with a mcdonald's style band it was like a mcdonald's hamburger on it yeah like the hamburger or something it looked like not the hamburger mayor mccheese i don't know it wasn't Grimace. It was like Mayor McCheese. It was called the Fatty Patty and Onion with onions. Wow. I'm like, I don't know. If people like those cigars and like I said, I'm okay with that. The cigar is good. As long as the cigar is good, that's what I, I, I saw care. one with a Dunkin' Donuts style band and just yeah. like smoking on it or something yeah. like that. But that's how I was saying it before the show. Like if someone sent me a press release with that, right? The answer is I'm not printing that press release and I'm not reviewing that cigar. Not because I think the cigar is bad, right? And, and not because I'm not a fan of that marketing. It's because if, if Duncan did a cease and desist, then I, I've seen this happen. Companies then, oh, you need to pull that down. Well, no, it doesn't work like that. You know, well, they could say, well, we, uh, you're using the intellectual property on our permission. Like, okay, then fine. We won't do that. Like anything that I deem, the only way I'll do it is if, if, like, if there was a Dunkin' Donuts cigar and Dunkin' Donuts commented in the press release. That would be the only way I would do it. 
Right. Yeah. So I just avoid. That's why if people ask me, I've been asked. I was asked this week on this question why I avoided. Do I hate these? No, it, it's strictly a intellectual property thing. Why I don't want to get in the middle of that because that hurts me if I have to pull stuff down from Coop. Yeah, and you never want to get involved in that situation. And, and here's the other thing. I'll be honest. Like, let's say that was the only story I put up for the day, and I have to pull it down. Then my cigar publication streak is in jeopardy. So I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. yeah you never so want to do so that. there's a lot of reasons for that. Yeah, it's not because I hate the company or anything like that. It, it's look, um, you know, I talked to Eric on the Dojo Chico, and I didn't put that up. And I, Eric's one of my best friends. It's not because again, I, I can't risk that. Is I don't know what the deal is with that, and I just it's safer if I stayed away from that. Um, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about the upcoming JC Newman releases. I was yeah, this is I, this was exciting to me. Um, so do you know that two of those releases we reported on from the PCA trade show? I don't know if you knew that. But I we got to leave. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, and then one was a complete surprise to me. Yeah. I mean, JC has been doing some good stuff the last couple of yeah. years yeah. as a whole. Yeah. I think um, they have. What a job they've done in the last four or five years. Yeah. I think the Yagua has been a really interesting release. I thought the second release of the Yagua was really good, too. I thought it was much better than the first. Oh, I have a whole box of them. They're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I remember lighting one up and I was just like. I remember in the beginning when I first had one, I was so skeptical because I'm like, wow, it's so different. But they, then you they, have it, and you're like, it's good, though. They, to, they, they had to be dry box. There's no question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those were good. Um, you know, New American. We already talked about the American. I mean, yep. you know how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, they've done a really good job the last couple of years. Um, they've been really strong. You know, they, they, you gave them a cigar of the year last year, and um, you know, aside from like their cigars and the releases, you know, they redid the factory. It's now open to the public. Just they, they've had a lot of good things going. Yeah. You just talk about JC as a whole. They've had a lot of good things going the last couple of years. And I just feel like um, their stock value has just gone up in general, which I think is great. And I think you're going to slowly start to see that reflect more in, in, in their releases and the performance and yeah. everything they do. Yeah, um, I think they're on a good path. I do too, and they're doing really good with their marketing as well. Yeah, I have to agree. Yeah, they have a great marketing team. Uh, you know, and we deal with Adria, who's our point yep. of contact. But the whole team there has been fantastic. Yeah, shout out yeah. to Adria over at JC yep. Newman. Yep. She yep. is a rock star. She really yeah. is. Yeah, there's a larger team, and I, I see the effort they all put in, and and you really see uh, they're doing some nice things. I'm getting to that point where like it's getting a little tight right here. <laughs> I'm yep. like an inch out from the band, maybe like half inch out from the band. Oh, I'm loving this the connoisseur. The flavor's great. It's just getting that tight. Typical Cubans, you know. But it's good. I think this box was from 2019 too. So it's got a, it's been sitting for a few years. It had definitely a lot of light, thin plume on it before I uh, got it going. Fantastic. And again, this is where Cuban cigars, like either they're good or they're not. This is good. I wish the draw was a little better. Yeah. However, it's not to a point where it's unsmokable. I can get through it and still enjoy the flavor of the tobacco. Yeah. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. I've always liked the Partagas stuff. 
Serie E number two, the Serie D number four of two of my favorites. Yep. Um, love those. Love them a lot. Um, Monte Cristo number twos. Um, the Cohiba, the Medio Siglo, the short ones. They, um, we both seem to have this like little cough that we're fighting through too. It's funny. Yeah, well, mine mine's dry throat because it's the heat's been on in here. Yeah, me too. I, mine's yeah. just dryness. Yeah, mine's dryness. I don't have a cough, but it's been uh the humidity's very low here right now too. And stupid me didn't grab a water before I sat down, so yeah. I've just been like trying to. I mean, I think the humidity in the in the in here this morning was forty percent. Yeah, it's dry. It's dry. Air. The heater's on. Yeah, uh, I didn't grab a water. I did it mm-hmm. to myself. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, no, the Medio Siglos are good. Right. Siglo three is really good from Cohiba. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as, as long as they're rolled right. Look, I think Juan Lopez is out of Cuba are some of the best one. But one of my favorite brands out there is the Juan Lopez. Uh, that's cr- true Cuban boutique brand that they have. You know what I hear a lot of people I haven't had them myself, but a couple of my Habano smoking friends who are regulars in the Habano scene, I keep hearing people mention Sancho Panza. Very good. They're very good. Yeah, I, I it's I haven't had any myself yet, and I'm I'm like eager to get a box from my uh, supplier that I have. But Sancho Panza, I keep hearing a lot of good things about out of Cuba. It's a very good brand out of Cuba. Yeah, uh, I agree. I definitely check it out. Yeah, it's uh, next time I, I I do a Cuban order, I'm gonna yeah. uh, probably throw yeah. those on the list. Yeah, I will. Um, another big one that we didn't get to get. The $96 million tax hike has been iced for now. Thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> I have a, so we obviously know the news on that, right, Matt? Um, but, um, so I have two comments to make on that. Okay. And they're positive comments for the most part. Okay. First up is the trade associations wasted no time in getting that news out to anybody. We didn't have to wait a week. Like those were out like within the hour. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing I said. We, 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 I, I think it's great. We promote our wins, but we need to also treat our losses with the same sense of urgency. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think they did a good job. And I thought the communication that they wrote was much better this time than the first time. And I love the messaging at the end where they basically said that this is an ongoing fight and we need people to continue to uh, support the uh, initiatives and the call to actions. And I think PCA needs to continue to drive that home over the next few months is keep, don't let people forget about this right now. Right. Uh, because this, this, this piece could come make its way back in at some point. So, but it was the biggest win for the cigar industry of the year. This was the biggest threat that was being facing the industry and the industry gets a win here. You, you, you we could argue who PCA also took a lot of credit. Right? So, Good for them as well. I mean, if they did stuff and they feel it was contribute, I think there were other factors besides PCA that went into this, just so you know. But again, they told people this is what we did. Good job by PCA there. So um, not much I can uh, not much I can keep that on. Yeah, and as people who who pay into the Premium Cigar Association, yeah, um, it's nice to uh, see that our money has gone to successful victories within the courtroom. Yeah. Now I have heard. And this is not Will Cooper's opinion. Why is PCA spending money going to the TAA? And and now I guess that's, you know, and I guess I got one today on the big smoke. I I can't answer that. I don't know what the funding mechanisms were for that. So it's not fair to me to answer. 
what people are, but, but the optics didn't look good with that, especially after they were calling for money. They were doing a GoFundMe and stuff like that. So the optics didn't look good. I mean, I think that's where they have to be. That's where the transparency does need to get a little better with that. Because I you're agree. talking money and people are sensitive. And again, this isn't me talking because there may be a bigger strategic initiative I'm not aware of. But again, I got the optics didn't look good is what I'm going to say. Because so, people are asking me. I said, well, you need to contact them. I'm not going to I'm, I'm not going to make a big deal about it. But but the optics didn't look good on that. I can understand why some people might be confused. But, you know, you got to remember, too, the PCA, you know, they, they got to be around as many places as they can. Yeah. Well, the TAA, <laughs> that's a joke. Right. Let's be real. That's not a policy organization. That is that 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 trip to Casa de Campo is, is a buying event and a party event that there's not there's not policies being done there. Right. So now maybe they're educating people on policy. That's a different story. If they're, if they're there to educate, then then, yeah, then it's a, a valid reason. I'm going to assume yeah. that like um, like religious groups that go door to door trying to spread the word. PCA kind of does that solicitation as well, where it's like, you know, we're not here to fight any fight, yeah. but at the same time, yeah, just and maybe you, just letting you know what we're yeah. doing so yeah. that you're aware. Yeah, I think that's what you do. Right. I think that's what you put it in your newsletter. I mean, maybe it was said on one of the PCA podcasts and stuff. Um, so, again, I don't I'm not saying no, but. This is I just I think the point is I would they're doing a good job with transparency. You don't want it. You don't want to get people when it comes to money, though, people get very funny about that. So right. so that's why I, I, I just kind of say that with a with not to critique them, but the optics didn't look good. So certainly something they should think about, you know, going forward with that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this year was that last year was a substantial. Yeah, they could difference. have paid their own way to go too. So who knows? I, I, that's that's totally. And if they did, they have every right to go. We don't have all the facts. We don't have all the facts is what I'm saying. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. this year it was it was the tax thing. Last year was substantial equivalence. Yep. So, yep. I mean, there's this there's, there's warning some, labels. Yeah. And warning labels as well. Yep. So there, there's yep. been a couple of big victories. Look, look, it's a victory. You can't argue that this is not a, I mean, a win is look, a win. A win is a win. But but this didn't look good about uh, a few a few weeks ago. No, it didn't. It didn't. So uh, I think there was some things that happened. And con- I think. The, I think the bigger issue is that this whole Build Back Better Act, it doesn't have the support in Congress that I think a lot of people thought it did. No. I think there's a lot of people questioning this one right now. And I think that may have been a reason why this fell out. You know, I'm not sure. I think certainly PCA did their part and they, they did a good job with a call to action. They had the international summit and stuff like that. So um I'm not saying they didn't help, but I think ultimately there were other factors that also played into this that we benefited from. Yeah, I mean, without getting into the pol- the politics of it, you know, just on what I what I read, what I hear, and what I I see. Yeah, the the Build Back Better plan doesn't look like it, it had a real smooth ride through. No, um, it, it, yeah. it, it went through, <clears throat> but obviously there's things like this, and and God knows what else that you know we're not even paying attention to. Yeah, a lot of it as well. Yeah. Um. So. To see this come out of it is good, but I think you're right. I think there's also things that contributed to that too, as probably did for a lot of things that didn't go through with it. Yep. Um, like, yeah, I went through, but at the same time, there was, I know it was not an easy ride. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of issues with that, getting that passed through. Sure. So. Yeah. But at the same time, I think our organizations did what, at least from my, they met my expectations on what they needed to do. So uh, I'm going to say good job by them uh, as far as the communication goes. 
I'm not going to complain if they communicate something quickly. I just wish they do it consistently. And I like the fact that they are pushing the fact that we need to keep our, our foot on the gas with this. So good job there. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think that, you know, <clears throat> they've done some good things. I hope they keep it up, keep moving forward with it. That's what we want to see. Yep. Um, policy stuff they've done a good job with. Now let's just see them, you know, improve the trade show a little yep. bit, get some people back, raise some more money, better attendance, better shopping from the retailers, you yep. know, manufacturers selling. Um, you know, it's what we want to see as a whole. So yep. I would say <clears throat> our it's not the end of the year. We're creeping close. I think it's appropriate. We can start to talk about it at this point. Our consensus of, I would say, at least my consensus of the PCA through the good and bad this year. Yeah. I think they're closing out on a good note. Yeah. And, and I think that it's good and it should give them some, some, um, um, momentum. Yeah. Rolling into 2022. Yep. Uh, they got some good footing. They have some good people. People, you know, I know there's people out there are very still skeptical the pca and and the trade show or just whatever it is but you can't deny that they've done a good job so far i yeah and you hope it just keeps carrying through the next year i feel more confident with the leadership we've had in the pca than i haven't uh in the uh, 11 years i'm doing cigar crew yep uh and not because scott pierce comes on my podcast or your podcast mm-hmm. um again i think they're doing a lot of the right things here um but it's not even just the, him it's you know you got they got glenn loop they got josh yeah, they did. They were great stuff. A, they were all working very hard. Um, yeah. Um, the if I had to say the one area I'm disappointed with them is flavors. I think they need to have. I mean, here's the thing. To me, they should have been like this. Should have been full. This should have been like. I think the attack on flavors is like an attack on Pearl Harbor, and they needed to respond with, with such an attack. I don't think they've done that. That's the one thing I think they're walking a line with that one. They're focusing on the characterizing flavors. I think they need to take on the flavored thing much bigger. That's just my opinion. I don't feel that's the one area I'd kind of say I'd like to see them work on. But yeah. Plus is outweighed in the minuses this year. No question about it. I mean, we had Booth on the show this week, which was a surprisingly tame episode from Matt Booth. But yes. Um, but yeah, we talked about it too. And, you, you know, and we talked about uh, the news of the week was Pasadena, California had passed a flavored tobacco ban. And it was like, look, again, it's not just because flavor stuff got banned. Well, I don't smoke that, so that doesn't concern me. It, no, yeah. don't give them like, anything because they're just like, going to keep coming for it. Was there ever a call to action <clears throat> in Pasadena, California on this stuff was my question. Yeah, that's, that I don't you know, know. So that's where I'm going. And if you let this is going to snowball like Tobacco 21 did. When no one said Tobacco 21 was going to happen at a nationwide level when Hawaii did in 2015. I remember that. And then who was it that someone proposed to try to push it to 25? And I was like, whoa. And that Hawaii. Didn't... So I went again in Hawaii. Yeah, then it yeah, was Hawaii. It was and Hawaii. I, and oh, by the way, uh, I, Bear and I predicted that. Just, you know, we actually told Glenn Loop it was going to happen. And, and it, it hasn't gotten the momentum yet, but give it time. Give it and time. You, and you think tobacco goes up to 25? Um, where it's, I think there's going to be some, something will happen in the next three or four years with it. Now, who passed? There was a uh, there's one thing that got passed somewhere. Where, <clears throat> oh, it was right here, right here in my backyard. It was in Brookline, Massachusetts, a very right. affluent town. Um, 
where it was changed to anyone born after the year 2000 could not buy tobacco products regardless of age. There you go. It's prohibition. And the flavor thing is a prohibition move. That's why I'm very concerned about things. You know, I got to. So let me put a hypothetical question out there. What do you think our organizations would do is if the FDA came to the our the leadership of our organizations and said, guys, we're going to let you off the hook with, with, with regulation, like the deeming rule, but you got to raise tobacco to 25. How much would that, I believe the industry would agree to that in a heartbeat. If they oh. knew that they would get left alone, but they would, lose four, eight, four year, four age groups. Yep. Yeah. I think they would do it in a heartbeat. And here's the thing. I think it would be a big mistake, right? Because you're missing the bigger picture. What happens at 27? What happens if they go? Then what happens if they do this thing like you're saying, where they ban it from everyone from a certain age, and then they progressively make it so they increase the age where you have prohibition, like so they can increase. So the basically, age. the way that's written, even yeah. at some point when those people are like 40 years old, it's like, well, you were born in 2001, so you can't have you, it. You've you've you just implemented prohibition. Dude, I'm a 40 year old man. Yeah, I don't give yeah a shit. exactly. Oh, you can't have it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But my and, but my fifty five year old brother can have it. Yep, yeah. he was born in the nineties. Yeah, he can have it exactly. And, and Dan said, "You'll never be left alone on this stuff." He's one hundred percent. It's it, the NRA is taking that position. And I, look, I'm I'm not a fan of the NRA in a lot of things, but I understand why they do that. They take a very and I think we haven't taken that a hard line position because we had so many beatings we've taken right over the years. I think. Yeah, uh, and because look, we had a lot of losses in the last decade. It's only in the last couple of years where things have started to swing around. Yeah, I know. And it's it's <clears throat> it's been a it's been a rough ride um, yeah. the last couple of years. And yeah. And, you know, one thing we should say a good thing about PCA, too, they they've actually been able to reverse. That's not not a lot, but there's been some smoking bans. They've either reversed or have really fought off as well. Um, and that's always a good thing is if you, if you stop that piece as well, because it, you know, smoke, you know, if you could loosen up some of these smoking restrictions and stuff, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, look at look at uh, places like Boston, New York, San Francisco. I was just there. Boston's got one cigar lounge. New York has a handful. Yeah. But not as many as I think New York City should have. No, totally not. San Francisco um, has one. San Francisco has one. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's 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 disappointing. Yeah. You know, the old age of not even just like a shop, but yeah. like the but like the nice lounges. Yeah. Like exactly. the bar. Exactly. Like yeah. Like think like the Empire in Miami, yeah. right? Yeah. We've both been there. Great place. Right. If you, if you ever go to Miami, you gotta go down there. I um, haven't I, I'm going in, I'm gonna be in Miami soon. Actually, I'm gonna try to get that. I'm gonna be there later this month. So yeah, but like think of think of Empire, right? Where else do you see that? Outside of Florida in like True. Yeah. You know, a couple other places, right? Yeah. You don't. It's a shame. It's not because like no one wants to open a business. It's because they can't. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, you, you, you take. It's, it's part of the soul. It's part of the soul of the industry yeah. and the lifestyle. Forget about the industry. Even like yep. just for people who are not even in the industry, the consumer, like it's the lifestyle. You know, it's a spirit of like going to yep. a lounge to hang out. Just like yep. do your thing. And it's yep. just like, 
you give them an inch, they're going to come back for the mile. Yeah. They're going to come back. It, and then, we, we and then when it. they take the mile, they're going to come back for the next mile. We saw it with the smoking bans. They already did it, right? So what will happen originally, it was like, we want to segregate seating, right? And then we said, well, we don't want smokers indoors anymore. So what happens? Restaurants and bars create these outdoor patios. And then what happens after that? Well, you can't, we can't allow smoking in them either. So then you have areas outside, like, uh, where you can smoke outside. Then it's like, you know, outside of the patio areas. And then what happens is, no, you got to be 25 feet away. It, it never ends. And Dan just, Dan just said, it, you will never be left alone. These compromise, we, these compromises do not work. No. I mean, yeah, it does not work. No, you can't. You can't compromise with them because it's it's just it's never going to yep. you never can't. Gonna win. You can't. It, it, and even a compromise is a loss yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so cuz you're uh, still giving them something that they can build on later. Exactly. And unfortunately, that's just the way it's going right now mm-hmm. and Yep. You know, but, but you know it's it sucks. It just does. It just sucks. Yep. It does. It's terrible. You know, nobody talks about, um, nobody talks about, um, how many people die from, you know, drinking and driving incidents every year, you know, not that I'm saying they should take away alcohol, but it's like, you know, you you talk about that and it's like, well, well, we're not really talking about that. No, no, exactly. You know, you talk about, you talk about smoking, you know, and you lump it in with a lot of things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, cigarettes, all of it. You know, there's no, there's no distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and now we live in a world where they're coming after tobacco, but marijuana will be fully federally legalized probably sometime soon. You know? I agree. I agree. It's, you know, it's only a matter of time. Marijuana is going to be something that, you know, <clears throat> someday you'll tell you, you know, I was watching, um, what's his name? Tom Segura, the comedian. And he was telling this joke about like telling his kids someday about like buying, buying. He was like, oh, when, when I used to buy marijuana, I almost died. And my son will say to me, why was 7-Eleven on fire? Well, that's the reality. <laughs> Eventually, right. there won't even be dispensaries because we won't need a dispensary. Just yeah. walk in. Can I get a, <clears throat> can I get a <laughs> box of the pre-rolled joints? Right, oh, right. Exactly. Just as you know what I mean? Like that, that's just what the world's coming to. Yeah. But you know, oh, but cigarettes, no, I can't have cigarettes. But you can no, have, no, I can't have that. Exactly. It's just it's a crazy time. Yep. You know, think about <clears throat> especially you're older than me. Think about in your lifetime, the eighties, nineties, the seventies. Yeah. You got caught with like one joint, like you were looking at jail time. But right, you could, right. You you could yeah. smoke you could smoke your heart out at a restaurant, bar, smoke a whole carton you wanted to now you can't smoke anywhere but like if the cops pull you over and you have a couple of joints on the front seat they're like that oh, looks good all right yep. there you go yep. it's crazy yep it's just so crazy it's how the world changes it's true all right coop i think we're getting towards the end of this uh spare notes episode i agree yeah i think we covered a lot today we did we definitely crammed a lot in an even right. shorter amount of time than we normally do yep um next week i got reinhard Coming on from Light 'em Up World and now uh, from Marifel. Um, we yep. the new vice president of sales. So yep. stay tuned for that. After that, we have the legend, Mr. Fred Rui, formerly of Norma- no, uh, Nomad Cigars. And then after that's Thanksgiving, 
we have no guest, but to start off December, we have Charlie Minato from Hatfield.com. Who's going to sit oh, down? Oh, cool. To us. That's yeah. good. I, I, yeah, that's good. I, I knew he'd be, I know you guys would get cook up eventually. Yeah. So, uh, me and Charlie are going to sit down, have a little conversation about uh, yeah. some media yeah. stuff and yeah. uh, probably yeah. get into reviews and, and stuff like that and, and, and rankings and, and yeah. ratings, especially going towards the end of the year. Kind of talk about what, what he feels is hot, what they didn't feel was hot. Um, <laughs> I think that'll be an interesting conversation. What do you have coming up? Um, okay, so two uh, we have a huge week coming up, right? Um Monday, uh, we have Primetime Duke Box episode 55. Um, Dave Burke and I, we just recorded it right before the show. We, we have uh we're doing an album archaeology on Pet Sound by the Beach Boys, which is an iconic album. So uh we had a lot of fun doing that show. So that's gonna air Monday night. On Tuesday night, uh, we have uh, Miguel Chaudel and uh, Hector Alfonso from uh, Espinosa Cigars, Miguel Chaudel from Crown Heads, uh, on Special Edition 110, and we're doing our annual baseball recap of the year. So that will happen on, on Tuesday. On Wednesday, Damn. This is the, on Wednesday, uh, Ben Lee and I will have an edition of the Smoking Syndicate. We will be smoking the Casa Magna Colorado on that one. And on Thursday, we have the regular primetime episode 209. Um, we have Rafael Nodal from uh, Tobacco USA and Aging Room. And then one last thing is we're not doing a show Friday. We're recording Jukebox next Saturday. And I, I only mention this because we're, we're going to be recording the Christmas episode. Uh, and Fred Rui will be our guest for uh, Christmas music we'll be talking about. So it won't be cigars oh, wow. as much as we'll be doing specifically. He comes on to that show every year to do the Christmas music show. So and we do and don't throw darts at me. We, we need to get the Christmas music show done so people have time to listen to it. There's only like a short window we have to do this. Right. Because right. Uh, once December 25th comes around, no one downloads this show until next year. So we have to, we want to give people time and chance to listen to it. So Absolutely. that's what, As you yep. should. So, so yeah, well, I'm, I'm one. Look, I don't like seeing Christmas stuff uh, before Thanksgiving either. We have to do it. Um, if you have the choice to, we're telling people we have no problem. If you want to wait to watch that show until the day after Thanksgiving. So very busy week. And uh, December is actually kind of, I got to, I'm, I'm actually just going to get in the process of booking December guests. Cause we, we really, uh, Got to start doing that. So um, stay tuned for that. I think I'm already booked into January next year. Um, <clears throat> I got to get I got to get back on that that horse. Yeah, we we were booked like we had about three months of bookings and we kind of have now down to like less than a month. So it's time to uh, prime the pump on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh... well, guys, I want to end it there. Uh, I want to thank you guys for watching and listening at home. Yep. Uh, don't yep. forget to like and subscribe. Everywhere podcasts can be found, as well as our YouTube page and our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yep. And uh, with that, we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Take care, everybody.